all things have passed away. Your love has stayed the same. Your constant grace remains the cornerstone. Things that we thought were dead are breathing life again and you cause your sun to shine on darkest nights and for all that you've done we will pour out our love this will be our anthem song Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one our, our hearts adore. The hopeless have found this. Orphans now have a home, and all that was lost has found its place in you. You lift our weary head, you make us strong instead. Took these rags and you made us beautiful. And for all that you've done, we will pour out our love. This will be our anthem song. Jesus, we
116 verses 1 and 2 says this I love the Lord because he hears my prayers and answers them because he bends down and listens and I will pray as long as I breathe we're going to read some slides together today and um, this is uh, something that has been done in churches for hundreds of years in the past called confession and assurance time for us to confess our belief and our sin, and a time to be reminded of our, the assurance of our forgiveness as we approach uh, the communion table today a little later in the service. So let's read this together. Today, we have been reminded to listen to you, and right now, we are reminded that you listen to us. We know that our relationship with you and our worship to you is a dialogue. We certainly don't spend enough time listening to you in comparison to how you listen to us. Forgive us for when we think you are not listening. Sometimes we don't feel you or sense you and it leads us to doubt and think that you might not be there. Too often many of us can base our faith <clears throat> on if we feel you or not. God, while we can certainly experience and feel you in our lives, you are so much more than just a mere emotional feeling. God, we serve you because you have made all things. We serve you because you are the creator. And we honor you because you have given us a bridge to eternity through your son, Jesus. In so many ways, we have fallen short in our lives in recognizing that fact. And today, we want to take a few moments to not only recognize that, we want to admit to you some of the ways we have failed in living for you this week. Let's take a few moments of silent prayer right now and confess our sin before the Lord who listens. And what is it that God might be saying to you in this silent time of prayer as well? Just take a moment. Thank you for bending down to listen to our prayers and hearing our prayers. We know that you answer our prayers in your way and in your time. And help us and give us faith as we continue to, to live for you and hear from you whatever it is that you would have to say to our spirits through your Holy Spirit. And we thank you for 1 John 1, 9 that says, if we confess our sin, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we confess and you forgive and you assure us that you forgive. And we bless you for that today, God. 
And so, God, today we come to the table a little while in the service with renewed hearts. We come to the table reminded that you've forgiven us because if we've admitted that you are good, we've admitted that you are king, we, that you are creator, and that we have fallen short. And God, we ask you today that through communing with you, that you would remind us of the ultimate act of forgiveness uh, on, on your part, that you loved us so much that you sent your son to pay for our sins so we didn't have to. May your son's life, his death, and his resurrection ring so very true in our hearts this day. One of these last days of 2018, may it ring so true in our hearts that it causes us to live thankful lives every day, especially in this new year to come. We all pray in Jesus' name, and together we say, amen. God bless you. Have a seat, friends. Good morning. My name is Billy. I'm the worship pastor. Glad you all are here for worship today. <laughs> pastor Sam is speaking a little later, and uh, he and I were placing Christian bets. Is that a thing? I don't know. On how many people we'd have here today. Pretty good crowd. All right. <laughs> you made it to church. Way to go. Glad you're all here. And uh, if you are standing in the back or waiting, we do have some seats sort of, sort of up front and things like that if you need to find a seat. Ushers will help you do that. Well, glad you're here. If it's your first time with us, inevitably, you might just be traveling, visiting with family or something like that. Glad you're here. Sort of a non-typical Sunday. Typically, this platform is filled out with a bunch of uh, instrumentalists and singers and things like that. We thought maybe we'd just kind of chill out today a little bit and be a little more reflective on this last day of the year. And so it's been, already been a great time of worship today and kind of come before God and get our hearts right. It's been really good. Thanks for doing that. That's been awesome. Glad you're here today. Glad you've showed up. God is so proud of you for that. Well, if it is your first time, we do have what we call a first-time visitor gift for you at the Welcome Center. It's right out these doors and right into the center of the space in the lobby. And we have a little gift for you. It's a little tumbler. It's a little hope bale, um, like coffee, water, jug, mug thing. So get one if you want one, and you can be reminded of your time at Hope Vale. So well, a lot of ways to stay connected here, friends. We've got a lot of things coming up uh, at the turn of the year, classes starting, different things happening. Stay connected on our website. That's something we're just trying to continue to push uh, a lot of digital things that way. So keep a lookout there. Ushers, if you would, come right now. We'll all prepare this morning to give to the Lord. Uh, this is a time where our church gives to God because uh, we're... We're said in, script, uh, said in scripture that we give to God and we give to the place where we worship. And this is the place where we worship. It's the storehouse, as it says in Malachi in the Old Testament. So this is our storehouse. And, and what we do with these gifts is we try to uh, use our best judgment on how to be a blessing. And God just takes them and uses them and makes them absolutely grand. So thank you for giving today. And if it's your first time or if you've not given yet, don't feel, don't feel pressure to give. Just let the plate pass you by. But if you're inspired to give, feel free to do so. We don't want to hold you back from that. God bless you, friends. It's been a great 2018. Let's ask God's uh, blessing on this last time of giving here at church in 2018. Let's pray. Lord, um, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for uh, meeting us in this place. Thank you for uh, a great 2018 uh, for a lot of us. Uh, I think uh, there's a hand, handfuls of us in here that have had some really tough times too. And uh, thank you for meeting us there and f uh, finding you in those moments. Uh, and if we haven't found you in those moments, God, we pray that you'd find, we'd find you now and that you'd speak very clearly to us through your scriptures and through your Holy Spirit. So, uh, Lord, with what we give today, uh, we honor you with it in this last day of giving here at Hope Vale in 2018, and we ask your blessing 
uh, on what's going to be given so we can continue to use it for your kingdom's advancement in this area and other places where you've led us to be a support and a blessing. So thank you, Lord, for this church body. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Go ahead and stay seated, and we'll continue to worship as we give.
Thank the Lord. It's been good to be in God's house and praise the Lord to you today. Amen. Hey, while you're standing, take a second, say hi to somebody around you, tell them Happy New Year. Thanks. everybody. I'm Sam. I'm the Next Gen Pastor here at Hope Vale, and I hope that you had an amazing Christmas time with your family and your loved ones this past week. Uh, my family had an awesome time. We actually um, spent a couple days here um, over Christmas, and then we went to Ohio to visit um, Sarah's family, and um, we stayed a, the, a total of two and a half days because that's as much as my kids could handle. <laughs> So you know how it is if you have little kids, it's like, we want to be home with our presents. We don't want to go here. So they said hi to their relatives and said hi to their grandma and grandpa and said hi to the other, their other family and then just booked it out. <laughs> so uh, we're back. So it's a lot of fun. Um, but we only have a couple of days here away from turning the page to a new year. 2019, it's hard to believe that. I mean, it just feels like yesterday that we were stepping into 2018 and now all of a sudden here we are and uh, you know I love the idea of the new year because um, of this concept that we can clear the deck and we can start new and we get a, a new chance to start over uh, you know I, I know many of us walk into new years with resolutions and with goals and things that we want to uh, accomplish and of how we're going to make um, this next year better the best year that we've ever had and um, I do those things too. Those are awesome. I have a few goals that I want to try to accomplish in, in 2019. I, I love setting goals. I love um, trying to accomplish them. But before we rush to that, before we rush to that, I, I want us to pause and I just want to, uh, us to take some time this morning to reflect on the season that we just walked through. Uh, a few weeks ago, I began to think about this time of year differently. I was in a, a, um, a devotional time and I was reading through the Christmas story and it just struck me a little differently. And then I, um, I was teaching actually through a, a series for our college ministry um, called Be Christmas. Be Christmas, where this whole Christmas season isn't just something that happens to us or that we experience, but, but it actually calls us to be something different, to live uh, differently because of what Christmas uh, means. And the message that I taught on was um, titled Love All, that Christmas should should inspire us and, and want to inspire us to love all people. I mean, if you think about it, isn't that one of the main messages of Christmas? Is that Christmas is this active demonstration of God's love for all people. I mean, if, if someone were to ask me, Sam, what, what, do you, what would you say Christmas is all about? Where would you point people in the Bible to, um, to tell them this is what Christmas is? And I thought about that and I thought, you know, I, I think I wouldn't take them to the normal Christmas passages. If I want to really, truly, honestly tell people this is the, the, the message of Christmas wrapped up all into one, I think I would actually take them to the Gospel of John. Um, John was one of Jesus' closest friends here on earth. And uh, when he wrote about Jesus' life, he actually took some time early on in his Gospel to recount a story where Jesus was speaking with this um, uh, high up religious leader who was having, having a conversation with him. 
And he was talking about the purpose of life and, and who he was and why he was here. And so this religious leader, Nicodemus, asked him this, this kind of loaded question. Basically, Nicodemus asked, who are you? Who are you? We, we've seen what you are doing. We've heard what you said. We know that people don't normally do this, that you've got to be someone special. You've got to be someone sent here from God. Who are you, Jesus? And Jesus answered that question, sort of. Sort of. He basically said to him, he said, Nicodemus, to understand the answer to your question, what you need to know here is that you need to know that a spiritual restart is in order. You must be born again to truly get who I am and what I'm doing here. And Nicodemus had no idea what he was talking about. He had no clue or why he was even saying, in fact, Jesus said that Nicodemus marveled at this whole idea that he was talking about. And then Jesus told him this. He said, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so the son of man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. Jesus takes Nicodemus back to a very familiar Old Testament story that Nicodemus would immediately have remembered where some very venomous snakes had infiltrated the Israelite camp. And Moses asks God, God, what, what should I do? What do I need to do here? And God tells Moses, make a snake out of bronze, put it on a pole, lift it up. And when people look to the snake and see the snake, they, that, that it's made out of bronze, they will be saved from these snakes. They will live. And so Jesus takes that story and uses it as an analogy because Nicodemus would understand it. And he says this, just like that snake was lifted up in that story that you know, the Son of Man must be lifted up too. And he will give those who believe on him eternal life. And then John, right in the middle of telling this story, he stops. And he wants to add his own commentary here because he wants us to understand something. He wants us to get, it's as if John is saying, I'm about to make a really huge point here. Everybody listen up, everybody pay attention. And he says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Now, I'm not going to read the rest of that verse there. I'm just going to, you know, I'll save that for later. I'll leave that there. I just, I want you to, to kind of wrap your mind around what John is trying to communicate to us. John wants you and I to know that the reason that Jesus came to this earth, the, the reason we celebrate Christmas in this whole season in the first place is because God so loved the world. God so loved the world. Christmas is an active demonstration of God's love for all people. And Christmas not only calls us to celebrate something, but it calls us to be something, to live differently, to live in a certain way. And if we are followers of Jesus, then being Christmas calls us to love all people the way God loved all people. But if we're going to keep it real here today, and if, we're going to, if I'm going to be completely transparent, I don't. We don't. I think we like the idea of loving all people. We, we talk about loving all people, but when push comes to shove, we really don't love all people or show love to all people. And I started asking myself as I was journaling about this, I started asking myself, why? Why is it that I love the idea of loving all people and I talk about it, but I, I really don't do that? Why is that? And so I wrote four things down in my journal. And I think that these are, 
are, are, are very universal, um, but they became very personal to me. And so these are the reasons why I wrote down. Number one, we don't love all people because it's not comfortable. It's not comfortable. We as Americans, we like comfort. We like things that are comfortable. We're comfortable with the circle that's around us and the people that, that we, we talk to and, and, and are with all the time. But loving all people pulls us out of that comfort zone. It pulls us out of that little circle of friends that we have comfort with. And so it's not comfortable to love all people. The second reason I wrote down is because it doesn't feel natural. It doesn't feel natural for a lot of us. It doesn't feel natural to go out of our way to love people who are hard to love. It doesn't feel natural to love people who um, we don't agree with or we don't normally talk with. And we like things to kind of just feel natural. The third reason I wrote down is because it's not easy. It's not easy. Loving all people is hard work. And there are people who are really hard to love. If you spent any time with family, you know that. Um, there are people sometimes who are really hard to love. And so loving all people is not easy. And then the fourth thing I wrote down was it's not safe. If we're really going to love all people, it's not safe. Every time I go on a missions trip, either overseas or even here um, in the United States, I'm, I'm reminded of that. Because we tend to prejudge people when we, we look at them and feel like, well, that, I'm not sure that's a safe person. And then we sometimes withhold love because of judgment, because it's not safe. It's not comfortable, it doesn't feel natural, it's not easy, it's not safe. But here's the deal. If we're going to love all people, loving all people isn't any of those things. In fact, it's actually a choice that we make against those things. It's a choice that we make against those things. It's realizing that no, it's not comfortable. No, it doesn't feel natural. No, it's not easy. No, it's not safe. But we choose it anyway because God chose that for you and for me. I mean, I just want us to look at the way John chose to introduce us to Jesus, his version of the Christmas story. It's in John chapter 1. I want you to read this along with me as I read it aloud. He says it this way, in a very different way than the other gospel writers. He says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. So the word became flesh, became human, and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. 
For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the, only, but the one and only who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. See, the word becomes human and reveals to us the heart of God. He reveals to us the heart of God. And that heart is full of grace. It's full of grace. Grace is unmerited favor. It's unearned love. It's a a choice that God made. It's not something that we deserved or could earn. God just says, I choose to love. And so I give. And he says he's also full of truth. And those who believe he gave the right to become children of God. Children of God. And, And so I started thinking, as a child, what are we supposed to do? What did, what did Jesus tell us that we're supposed to do? Well, later on in this gospel, in chapter 13, John tells us this. He, he says that Jesus told them this. He said, a new command I give you, love one another. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And then he says this, by this everyone will know that you're my disciples. If you love one another. Love one another. And not just in any old kind of way that you want, but the way that Jesus loved you and me, that's the way that we are supposed to love one another. And he said that this was the thing that everyone would know that we're his disciples, that we're his followers by. By our love. By our love for one another. How are people supposed to know that we're Christians, that we're followers of Jesus? By the, by the way we vote by, by who we are against, by what we're against, by what we wear or don't wear, what we listen to. No, none of that. None of those things is how people are supposed to know that we're followers of Jesus. The way that we are supposed to be known that we are followers of Jesus is by our love. It's by our love for one another, our love for others, our ability to treat others the way that we want to be treated. That should be the calling card of every single follower of Jesus. Love all. God loved the world, so he gave. So that we could love the world and give. We have been blessed to be a blessing to others. In fact, Paul wrote it this way in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. He said, be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love. Love all people. It's all over the New Testament. We're supposed to love all. And so I want to give us a challenge as Hopefield Church in 2019, as we step into this new year. I want to give us a challenge. And my challenge is this, because it it challenged me at the end of last year, and I just want to pass it along. My challenge is this, first part. In every situation that we encounter, in every situation that I personally encounter, asking myself, asking ourselves, what does it mean to love this person the way Jesus loved me. It doesn't matter who they are, what they think, how they think differently than you, what they believe, what the, how they uh, chose to vote, how they did, what, whatever it is. How should I love this person the way that Jesus loved me? What does love demand of me right here and right now? How do I obey the command of Jesus when he said, love one another the way I've loved you, you're supposed to love me? How does that look in this situation? How does this look towards this person? 
And the second part of my challenge is this, and this really is going to cause us to think. Who are the alls in the statement, love all, that we need to begin loving in 2019? Who are some of the alls that God is bringing to your mind as we, we hear the words, love all, that God so loved the world and he wants us to love these people too? Who are some of those people that God is just bringing to your mind or who will bring to your mind? I know I have some people that I'm even thinking of that I'm like, man, why haven't I demonstrated God's kind of love to them over the years? 2019, I need to do that. I need to be more loving, more gracious towards them because God has loved me. And so I need to love them. What does love demand of me in every situation that I'm in? And who are some of the alls that God is calling me to love? Well, there may be someone here this morning, as I think about this, who, uh, who maybe has not experienced for themselves the love of God through Jesus. And I would say to you this, if that is true of you, um, you can't show God's love for others if you've never accepted God's love for yourself. It's kind of like you can't give what you don't have. Um, but God wants you to know something. And it's the, the back half of that verse, John 3.16, that I, I read earlier. John wrote it this way. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And then he said this, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And so maybe for someone here who... Um, has not experienced that for themselves, today could be that day that you believe in who Jesus is. That God loves you so much that he gave his one and only son for you. And that you could receive the forgiveness of sins and the life that he promises. We're gonna celebrate communion together in a moment and we're gonna remember the death of Jesus on the cross. And it's that death and that resurrection that we remember that gives us this eternal life that John speaks of. And so I would just ask you to consider what that means to you. What that means to you. And maybe if you're ready right there at your seat while we are, are, are getting ready to take communion, today could be the day that you turn your life over to Jesus and accept him and his death on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins and his resurrection as the event that solidified who he said he was. So maybe today could be that day and you could start 2019 in a brand new and fresh way. So I would invite you to consider that. We're gonna step into a time of communion here and, and um, pretty much once a month, we as a Hopefield Church family, we gather together around the table of communion to remember the death of Jesus Christ on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. And what we say here at Hopevale is that um, you don't have to be a member here to partake with us. You don't even have to be a regular attender. All that we ask is that you are a follower of Jesus, that there's been a moment in your life where you have given your life to Christ, where you've accepted what he did on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins. You've received that and said, that, that's what I need for my life. I receive Christ and what he has done for me. And so if that is true of you, when we say partake with us, we, we want to remember this together. And if that's not true of you, what we would ask is as the elements are passed by, that you would just kind of let them pass by if you're not ready to make that commitment today. I mean, we would ask that for a couple reasons. Um, the number one reason is because um, of the seriousness and the commitment and the, the significance that it holds for those of us who are um, celebrating this together. 
And we also, for the second reason, we also just don't want you to celebrate and be a part of something that doesn't have any meaning to you, that doesn't carry significance for you. We're not about doing just rituals around here just for the sake of doing rituals. And so if that is not describing of you today, we would just ask that you let the, the elements pass you by. And parents, um, if you have younger children here with you today, just use your parental discretion. If you feel they're ready for this and you feel that they're, um, they're at a point where they understand that, then um, that's your call. Let them partake. But if you're, you think they're not ready, then use your judgment. Uh, but this could be a great time for you to use this as a teachable moment to help them understand who Jesus is, what the cross means, what the resurrection means. So um, use your discretion. So as the, the ushers come forward to uh, pass um, the bread element, let's go to God in prayer. God, we, um, we thank you for this season of Christmas where you gave that you love the world, so you gave your son, Jesus. Ultimately, so that he would go to the cross, and so that he would die a sacrificial death for our sins. And Jesus, we become grateful and thankful that your body was broken for us. And I know when you instituted this, um, this ordinance that they, they didn't quite understand exactly what you were talking about, but they were to come to understand it if just a couple days, just a day later. And then when you rose from the grave, they, uh, com- they began to understand completely who you are, what you were saying. And so, Jesus, we come before you today in a worshipful atmosphere saying, thankful, saying we're thankful, we're grateful for your body broken for us on the cross. In Jesus' name.
the night that Jesus was betrayed, he was gathered together in an upper room with his disciples and they were celebrating the Passover meal and there was bread on the table and he, he stood at the meal and he took the bread and he broke it and he handed it to his disciples and he said, this is my body that's broken for you. Do this, eat this in remembrance of me. Let's pray for the cup. Jesus, we come to this moment and we remember the blood that you shed for the forgiveness of our sins. Jesus, we never want to take these moments lightly. We don't want to just kind of rush through them. We want to remember them and the significance they hold. And we want to come with a posture of worship, a posture of adoration gratefulness, thankfulness. Jesus, that you would pour out your blood for us. So Jesus, we say thank you. We love you. We worship you when we remember the sacrifice that you made for the forgiveness. remain seated as uh, you have the cup and you're holding the cup let's sing and worship together
same night, Jesus took the cup that was on the table and he said, this, this is the new covenant in my blood. As long as you drink this, as often as you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for the year 2018, the highs, the lows, the ups and the downs. But mostly, we just want to say thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. We remembered him over this past month as we looked at his birth and the significance that held. But today, as we remember his death, we, we remember it with grateful hearts, with thankful hearts. God, that you offer a new start, a fresh start, a chance to be reborn, a chance to follow you. So God, we're thankful, we're grateful for that. And help us to follow you in the way of love this year. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We've got time to be together today. We're going to close our time of singing um, a song that was written, uh, geez, I don't know, five, six years ago. Um, maybe even farther back than that. But uh, it's uh, to the tune of Auld Lang Syne. So let's stand and sing this closing song together.
unto our lot that we should have next year. We mourn the ones who've gone before, and we hold them ere so dear. When on that day the beginning to your 2019, but I just want to, as we leave here today, I want to give you just a challenge, and it's what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5, be imitators of God as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love. May 2019 be the year that we walk in the way of love and imitate God in that way. Thanks so much for being here.